You're listening to episode number 17 of the Boys Built Better podcast. Today, we're talking about teaching boys about money. Welcome to the Boys Built Better podcast. I'm Jessica, a mom of three boys who is just trying to do things better. I'm coming to you from Fort Collins, Colorado, where I live with my husband, our boys, and a whole lot of four-legged friends. I'm here to share my thoughts on raising boys in today's world, find answers to your parenting questions, and chat with experts about building happy, healthy boys. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me today. We're going to be talking about money, which we seem to be talking a lot about in my family, so I thought I'd go ahead and talk about it here. Before we get started, I do have an announcement. We have now joined the NoCo FM network here at Boys Built Better, and you can now listen to the show on the NoCo FM app. It will be airing on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. if you want to listen to it on the radio, and the podcast will now be available Wednesday morning. So if you're subscribed and you've been used to getting it on Tuesdays, it's now going to air on Tuesdays, and you're going to be able to uh, see the podcast on your favorite podcast player on Wednesday morning. So that's a little bit of a change I wanted to make sure you knew about. If you haven't subscribed to the show, go ahead and do that. And then you'll listen to it on Wednesday mornings uh, when it pops up as well. Uh, All right. So with that, let's move on to our little chit chat about money. Um, We have been talking, like I said, about money in my house for a a lot lately, which I think um, just seems like it's on my kids' brains. Maybe I guess it's on my mind. And it is something that I do hope to teach my kids about. I feel like my own financial education was nearly non-existent in high school. I um, I took an, one economics class that I remember taking, and it wasn't necessarily about personal finance. So I don't think I took any courses on personal finance. I, I think that I appreciate and value money. It's not that I didn't understand the value of it, but I didn't know how to manage my own money. I certainly didn't know about investments and, and I sort of knew you should retire for, or you should save for retirement, but didn't know kind of how to do that or um, didn't have a whole lot of practice, I think, as a child saving for anything in particular and wound up taking a a financial class, uh, a Dave Ramsey financial class, which um, I think was really great for my husband and I. We took it six years ago. Uh, and I, I think it was really the first time where I had a very clear idea of what I should be doing and how to prepare myself for emergencies and, and how to set financial goals. So for, for our family personally, that was when I feel like I became kind of aware of how to manage the money. And now I would like better for my kids. We took that class six years ago. I was in my mid thirties and I would like my kids to be better prepared than I was. So teaching about kids about money is certainly something that's on my radar. So when I hear my kids start talking about uh, money a lot. I know that, you know, there's some lessons to be learned there. So I've come up with a few uh, ways that we're tackling handling money, which I'm going to share today, but also just because it's been on my mind and on my family's mind, I've been doing some research about it and that I'm going to share that as well. But a little bit more about what's happening for us and why we keep talking about money. I mean, we, first of all, we have a TV that my kids would tell you is broken we were actually having a discussion about this TV last night. It's a TV in our main living room. And this is really a really uh, 
a, a problem for especially my middle son, but my middle and my youngest son are really struggling with the fact that our TV is quote unquote broken. And by broken, we mean that uh, it it is taking a while to turn on properly. It takes probably an extra, maybe uh, the most five minutes to kind of get up and going. So it, it definitely works, but it's... Um, it doesn't work well. We were we were having a discussion at the dinner table last night about how broken it is, and and I said maybe it's it's fifteen percent broken, uh, but it's eighty five percent you know working. And the kids were kind of trying to decide how how broken they thought it was. But uh, a few weeks ago, my middle son had said we need to buy a new TV, and I was telling him how we don't ha- that we don't have the money available to do that right now. My husband's a realtor, and he receives 0% commission, uh, or sorry, he receives 100% commission, and right now we've received 0% commission for several months now, and we're kind of waiting until um, a couple of deals go through. And, you know, thank goodness for the classes that we took that we we are always prepared um, because that can kind of happen at any time in his business. Uh, however, I was trying to explain to my son how we don't have any money at this point to spend on some something like that, that we really need to focus on the things that we need and not the things that we want. So we are having a discussion on needs versus want, um, (coughs) which also came up at the dinner table last night. We've had that a couple of times. And then my, um, my youngest son last week really wanted to earn $3. Um, so he was repeatedly asking for jobs. He just, he just wanted to work and work and work and work so that he could earn $3. Um, so we were kind of working on our money skills there. Um, my oldest has really started to, um, gain some independence and wants, has been wanting money lately for things like run, uh, run to the store for snacks or going out with his friends to lunch. And we're trying to kind of decide what he should be responsible for and what we should be responsible for. So we've got this kind of negotiation in process for what are we expecting of our kids to pay for themselves and what are we going to help with? Um, the other thing that happened recently around kind of money lessons, again, with my oldest is he grew out of his soccer cleats. Um, he plays in a club league here and he needs soccer cleats. And he said he wanted these cleats that were um, these swanky laceless cleats. And I looked at them at the store and they were $150. And um, the other cleats on average were about 50. So I was telling him that, you know, I would be willing to spend 50. He would need to take care of, um, any additional money if he wanted a pair of cleats outside of what was average. And then, um, we also have been having this ongoing conversation about Lamborghinis because my youngest child has decided that is his dream car and he wants to know how much they cost and could we afford a Lamborghini and so we've been talking about needs versus wants there and the practicality and whether or not you can uh, what affording something means if you can actually buy it versus if if that also leaves you enough money for your financial well-being afterwards so it's just been on the brain over here at the crow household so with that i've been hitting the internet um and The first thing I want to tell you is that I came across a phrase which I had never heard before, and that is called financial literacy. And I didn't know that was a thing, Um, but apparently uh, we as adults should be financial literate, and the definition of that 
And I'll link to um, the site where I found it. I found it um, on a site called the Financial Educators Council. Um, And the definition of financial literacy, according to them, is possessing the skills and knowledge on financial matters to confidently take effective action that best fulfills an individual's personal, family, and global community goals. Um, so with that, there's a little bit more information. And again, I'll link to all these articles on the show notes about kind of uh, our state or the state of Americans being financially literate. Um, and it, uh, the facts that I found say that nearly four out of every five U.S. workers live pay t- paycheck to paycheck. Over a quarter never save any money from month to month. Almost 75% of Americans are in some form of debt, and most assume they always will be. And then when it comes to financial education, in terms of like what our, what our kids are learning, uh, more than half of states don't require high school students to take an economics class. Only 17 states require high school students to take a course in personal finance. And studies show that students without a financial education are more likely to have low credit scores and other financial problems. So it's sort of generally recognized that, uh, number one, that that many American adults are perhaps not financially literate. And number two, that there isn't most of our children are not going to get any sort of education within their school so that it would be. Um, down to you as a parent to, if you, if that is your goal for your child to become financially literate, to go ahead and make that a priority in terms of things that you are going to teach your child and maybe also learn those things as well. If that's something that you feel like you need to uh, improve on. Now then let's talk about what skills kind of make somebody financial literate. We've got the definition. We understand that a lot of people aren't, by definition, financially literate. So if you are someone who's financially literate, what skills do you possess and what skills should you teach to your children? Those would be things like understanding how to budget, so budgeting, um, how to plan for emergencies and realizing that there will be an emergency that comes up and, and setting aside money to be prepared for that. Uh, understanding the power of interest, both positive and negative. So understanding the power of being able to invest and watch money grow and use that interest to your benefit. And also understanding what debt looks like and how that interest grows as well and how that can make it harder and harder to get out of debt. The other skill that you should understand is um, the art of paying yourself first. So any money that you are getting to take some of that money and put that into a savings account. And we're going to talk a little bit about, I've been researching a lot. We're going to talk a little bit about things that experts do and don't agree on in terms of kids and money. But this is one that they all agree on is that your kids should understand how to save and should be saving with any type of money that they get regularly. Um, and, and it might be hard to understand that, like teaching your kids, hey, you want to save for your retirement, right? You're, that's going to be hard for teenagers to wrap their head around. But understanding that you can take some money from a sun, summer job um, and you can watch that money grow if you put it into a savings account and they could save for something much shorter like a concert ticket or spring break trip or um, with with younger kids if they want to set it as something aside for a larger Lego set. Um, so understanding the power of paying yourself, 
so those are a couple of the skills that if you are financially literate, there are things that you understand. And those are skills that you should be working to teach your kids. But how do you talk to your kids about money? Um, you know, what are the ins and outs? It's sort of like one of those, we did an episode a few back about how to talk to your kids about sex. Like, what do you say? What do you not say? Uh, so how do you talk to your kids about money? And again, this is coming from several places where I found suggestions, and I will link to all of those articles on the show notes. Um, but generally, uh, everyone thinks you should talk to your kids about money, the experts. They also feel like you should start talking to your kids at a very young age about money. Um, it's never too late. This is exactly what we talked about when we were talking about kids and sex. Uh, it's never too late to start talking about uh, money, but also is never too early to start talking about money. And any kind of conversations you can have when your children are young are going to make things easier down the road when stakes are higher with money. So my youngest is six years old and he understands that he needs money to buy things. And if he's got something that he wants, that Right now, the system we have set up is that he needs to work for those jobs. I've got something set up different for my older kids, and we're going to talk about that later. But starting young is a great tip for talking to your kids about money and also starting slow. You know, this is sort of, I think in my mind, the ideal situation is that this is a lifelong conversation that you have with your children and that you just start to point out or vocalize the things that you're doing with money. And you can kind of make it just a normal conversation. Just start by answering your kids' money questions at an age-appropriate level. You know, So if they've got a question about money, go ahead and talk about it and, and have a discussion. Um, and once your children realize that you're open to these discussions, they're going to be more and more comfortable coming to you with questions about money. Maybe that's why we've been talking about it so much in my house, because they realize I'm willing to talk about it. Um, the other tip to talking about your kids about money is just go ahead and talk with them about it. You know, talk comfortably about finances. Is it, Your finances is an important part of helping your kids understand and develop a healthy relationship. Again, you're not, we're not talking about a one-time conversation. It's just continuing to talk about money. So, um, uh, it, part of your day in, day out conversation as anything kind of comes up. A uh, one way you can do this is just by including your kids in your own decisions. Um, if you're at the grocery store and you're looking at two types of bread and, and you're weighing the cost, just kind of vocalize which one you're going to get out loud. Or if you have a coupon and what a coupon is, um, or you can have, start talking to them about your own budget decisions. For example, if you've got a clothing budget that you set aside each month and your child needs a pair of shoes, um, you can say that you've got X amount in your budget so they can buy this one pair of expensive shoes with that money, or there's also these two shoes that are less expensive and they could get these two shoes for the same amount of money. So it's really just about um, initiating a conversation and kind of keeping it going. Uh, and then also include in that conversation about why some things cost more, you know, comparing prices and examining the why something is more expensive. Is it made of different materials? Um, is it harder to get? What factors are justifying a higher price, good or bad, um, for one item versus another? 
The other tip I like uh, on talking to your kids about money is to be honest. Um, I think that this, you know, over the course of your conversations, you can absolutely tell your children the mistakes that you made and how you're now doing things different. And, you know, if you had to do it all over again, what would you do? And also, I think, you know, and similar to our case, like right now, we're, we're in a time where our finances are really tight, and we're sticking very closely to our budget. And that that is something that you are able to and should talk to your kids about tell them the truth. Um, you know, you can say that I, you know, I had trouble sticking to a budget in the past. And this time, it's really important that we stick to this budget because of x, y, and z. And not only are they going to appreciate that you're honestly talking with them about something, but, but those are all little lessons that you're teaching your kids about your own spending habits, how you handle money. And you're also just your family's values around those things as well. Um, speaking about values, uh, and I like that one of the articles I came across is talking about this is one of the recommendations says to talk values and not figures. Um, Is there a kid out there that hasn't asked their parents how much money they have in their bank account? We keep getting that question repeatedly at our house. And it's not that I don't want to talk to my kids about the, the actual amount in an account or something like that, but, but the reason why I'm talking, I'm suggesting, and there's another article about talking values, not figures, is um, it's hard for kids to see, I think, the whole picture. You know, I could tell my son how much money we have in one bank account, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's our whole financial snapshot of like a house that we're working to pay off or some retirement accounts. And it's just sort of, to me, is bigger than just kind of this overarching number that my kids seem to want to know. Um, but you can continue if you're hesitant about disclosing your salary or major expenses, which and you can absolutely do that. But if you'd rather not, um, you know, the kids can kind of move past that stuff as long as you talk about concepts like saving or budgeting, working on paying down debt um, or working on giving. You know, I will tell my kids if they say, well, how much money is in our bank account? I will say, well, it is enough to pay our mortgage, which is the bill for our house. And it's enough to buy food and we'll have this much and this much. So you can kind of talk about about values versus necessarily just figures because um, those will ultimately probably mean more. Um, some other things that you can do to talk to your kids about money is to set some goals for your family. Maybe, um, you know, you're talking about how maybe mom and dad want to pay off a car and they're working to do that or, or mom and dad want to save for a vacation or, um, and, and brainstorm ways that we can set aside extra money each month in order to do that. So just kind of including kids in the discussion of family goals is definitely a way to, to continue that conversation about money. Um, some of the big recommendations on talking about money are modeling your own responsible money habits. And, and this is kind of the case with a lot of items in parenting is um, kids, you know, kind of are always watching and looking at how you're handling things and money management is not an exception. So a big part of teaching kids financial literacy is make sure you're modeling that yourself. Um, let your children know what the expectations and norms are around money in your family and set some easy to follow examples. 
like setting a budget before you head to the store, sticking to it when you shop, even if that means leaving something behind. Um, that would be a great kind of lesson around money. Be open about saving for bigger ticket items like saving for a vacation, saving for a car or college funds in retirement. Um Teach kids about fixing things when they break instead of throwing them away. So teaching um, not only about the money, but the value of the things that those that money bought um, and avoid retail therapy <laughs> so that you don't want to show that to your kids that, it, that if you are feeling like you need some retail therapy, that's not a not it's not modeling great money behavior for your children. Um, and then along those same lines, you can talk, you can impose a waiting period on yourself against uh, impulsive purchases. And you could talk to your kids about that, whether or not you still want to go back and buy something a week later. The last kind of tip on talking to your kids about money is be willing to learn about money together. You know, given those facts at the beginning about how many Americans are or are not financially literate. If your goal is to keep teach your kids about money and you need to learn some more in the process, then work together to understand uh, mutual funds or uh, Roth IRAs. If you don't feel fully knowledgeable, then go ahead and um, kind of learn about something together. So just kind of start a conversation, be honest, lead by example, are all great ways to kind of talk to your kids about money. Now, the other piece of kids and money is that kids need to somehow have some money to practice with, right? And that seems to be the piece of this puzzle that the experts agree on. You could go onto the internet and there is information on how to give kids money in every way, shape, or form. There are experts out there that say you should pay your kids a commission, so based on any work that they complete. And that shows how work is linked to money. If you want to, if your kids want to do money, they need to do some work. Other experts suggest that you should give your kids an allowance, um, and that allowance. Uh, there's one expert out there who I actually really like the way he talks about money, says that that should be completely unrelated to any jobs. It should never be taken away. That if you want to teach a skill um, and you want your children to be financially literate, they're going to need to have some money to do so. So there should be an allowance just so that your kids are experiencing continuing to get money and helping to understand it. Then there's sort of this in-between land where maybe you give your kids an allowance, but they are required to do a base amount of things, and, and you could take some of it away. Or maybe you give your kids a little bit of an allowance, and then they have the opportunity to work more. There really are uh, hundreds of different ways to do it, and I'm here to tell you, based on my research, that whatever works for you is going to be okay, because like I said before... Every single person and article that I read told me to do something different and said if I was doing it the other way, then I would be ruining my kids. So I am now saying you do what works. And that's where we are at with the family, our family here. And, and this is why I'm letting all of that worry go is because it is important to me that my kids do have money. And that they have money to work with. And I have found a couple of ways that work and are easy for me and are 
keeping the conversation open because I am able to continue doing them. I have done some chore charts in the past that I just can't keep up with, and that is not helping my kids become financial li- financially literate if they've got no money because we totally ditched chore charts because I was overwhelmed. So here's what we are doing. Um, for my youngest right now, he is working on a commission system. If he has some money, if he wants something and he needs some money, he starts asking for jobs to do it. And I couldn't tell you how we got to that place. It's probably because he's the youngest and I've tried every kind of form of allowance or commission under the sun. And now he just knows he could ask for a job. So that's where we're at. I do plan to change into a easy chore chart for him. Um, or just a small, actually, I'm going to change that because I'm, because of how I'm doing it with my older kids. I'm going to do a small weekly base for him and give that to him in cash. And then he can earn extra money by doing extra jobs. Um, the reason why I've got my kids on different programs is because my youngest is six. He has not learned about money at school yet. He does not know the difference between a penny and nickel, a dime and their values. And I think that for his age, that it's really important for him to have actual cash and coins. And until he gets to a place where he's comfortable using all of that, we're going to keep his hands on. So, so right now he's working on commission, but we're transitioning into a small weekly base with the opportunity to earn extra money. And that's all paid in cash. Now, the thing that's going to be different when I transition to this system for him is, and where I got tripped up in the past, and one of the articles I was reading was talking about this, is that whatever you decide as a parent, you have to be able to stick to. So if you have got six kids and they're all getting paid in cash, then you need to make sure that you have that cash with you. Whatever it is, I'm not talking about a huge amount of money, right? Because, you know, the other... Uh, item to teach about money with kids is understanding that different people have different amounts and um but whatever whatever it is that you've decided to do you have to stick to so if your payday is on saturday it has to be every saturday you have to have the cash if you you have a bunch of kids and you need a bunch of dollars you know you have to go to the bank and be set up for that and that is something that I think I failed at in the past is that I would say that they're going to get paid, but I wouldn't have the cash. And then they never did. And that was sort of the beginning of the end of whatever system that was. So my goal is to get my six-year-old on a small weekly allowance with the opportunity to ex- earn extra money. And in order to accomplish that, he he may have a small chore chart, or we're just going to kind of talk through some expectations and then... I am going to go ahead and set aside some cash and I'll probably do it a month at a time because he's not going to earn that much, but to make sure that I can stay consistent. On to my older kids. Uh, I believe it was in the fall that we switched systems and we went to a digital system um, and we have been using that for several months now and it is working for us. It does cost me a small amount each month for each child, but I think the benefits far outweigh that cost. So I'm willing to pay it. It's an app called Go Henry, and it actually, once you sign up, you can, um, your child will get a little debit card associated with this app um, for a small fee. I think you can customize that debit card. And the reason why I liked that is I wanted my kids to start getting familiar with using a card, and I wanted to take the system and make it automatic so that we could stay on top of it. So right now, 
what we're doing in Go Henry is my two oldest children are each getting five dollars a week. Um, that's that's half of their age, half of my middle son's age, less than half for my oldest. So it's a small base of money. It's not really ever going to be enough if they want to do anything big with it. So I am choosing the route we're going is we're doing a small base of allowance that you always get. So you have some money that you can work with. And if you need more money, there's an opportunity to earn more. The cool thing about this Go Henry app is that it actually has all of that built in. My my two oldest have some devices. One has a phone. One has a iPad pod touch. Um, and they have both downloaded this app and I can add extra chores into the app. And if they do those chores, they can mark them off in the app and that, that will automatically go onto their payday every Saturday. So for example, my son mow, has the opportunity to mow the lawn every other week in the summer. If he does that, he can check that off and he will, that automatic, that money will automatically go into his account. The other thing that go Henry, um, has, that is set up for both of my kids is also two savings items that automatically get deducted each week. So there's a savings um, uh, icon in this Go Henry app, and my we have started one just for a general savings account, and two dollars a week goes into that of the five, and then I've started a giving account, and one dollar a week of that goes into the one dollar of the five goes into the giving. So Go Henry can automate all of that, and that's been really helpful. And the other thing, and that's been helpful for me because it allows me to stick to this pattern of giving them an allowance, and it allows us to continue this money conversation because they have a regular flow of it, and they have a little bit, but not enough, so they still need to be able to do some work. So that is what's working for me. And the automated part of that is really what's making this um, a successful long-term project. Um, With that, I do say that, I mean, our kids do have expectations around the house, right? They, They need to keep the room clean. They need to help their laundry. They help clean the dishes. But it's not necessarily tied into that basic allowance that they are getting because um, we feel it's important for them to have some money, but they have jobs to do around the house, everyday jobs that they don't get paid for. And so those two things for us are not tied together. Nobody is at my house is losing their allowance if they don't have their room clean. The expectation is that they will get their room clean. And if they don't, then, you know, they're not going to leave or play with friends. So, so we don't have those tied in together, but you, we will, um, around here, find some jobs. If you need to earn some extra money, um, we can help our kids find something that will uh, earn them a little bit of extra cash. So that's we where we are. And I will post some um, more details about the app that we're using separately outside of this blog post show notes. And also, um, whatever I ultimately settle on for Gabe, I'll do a post about that. Um, looking ahead, my husband and I were having a conversation last night. Um, I'll link to this book um, uh, it's called The Opposite of Spoiled. It's by Ron Lieber. Um, it's something that I just recently ordered because doing all of this research, I happen to really like a lot of the stuff he says. So I'll link to that book. I haven't yet read it. I can throw up a book review once I have as well. Um, I seem to, he's a money columnist and I have read several of his articles in doing research for this show. And I really like his, just his attitude. He's the one that kind of said, he has a, uh, I'll link to this article. It's something like, hey, allow- your parents, you're doing allowance all wrong. And he is sort of 
one of the first people that I've seen to come out and say, you should be giving your kids an allowance. It doesn't be tied to jobs. They need to learn about money. Um, and I really just, for some reason, the way that he speaks about money um, rings true to me. So I have his book in my cart. I'll, I'll um, throw a link up to that if you guys are interested in that book as well. But the the next step for us um He's got an article, this allowance article, You're Doing It All Wrong, which I'll also link to. Um, he suggests kind of next steps for kids. And that's really what my husband and I were talking about. I've got my oldest turns 13 this year. And he even talks about giving your kids more money when possible versus less money. So, for example... Um, if you know that you're going to spend, for the school year, you're going to spend $250 on clothes or, or $500 on clothes for your one child, that you should give them that money at the beginning of the school year and say, here's your clothing money. Uh, and that they should start to kind of have the experience of managing that money, making sure they have enough money for clothes should they need that those clothes, or saving it for the next year, um, and and do that with even more items. Here's the entertainment money that you're allowed to spend, um, and really he suggests that that you should give them larger amounts if possible to deal with, so that they can kind of fail that they will have the opportunity to uh, uh, have a budget and fail under this greater safety net of your family, right? But that they'll continue to, that they start to figure out how to manage these things for themselves. And the only way to do that is to be able to experience it. Um, and that kind of rings really true for me. I've watched my 10-year-old specifically burn through his cash. He could not get paid on a Saturday with his allowance without di be being desperate to go to Target. He could not leave Target without spending every single penny of his allowance. If he bought, if he had $5, he'd buy something that was $3 and two packs of gum to equal $5. Like he just couldn't spend it fast enough. And now he even did that, I would say, as late as his birthday last year. All his birthday money was kind of gone and blown. But now having had the experience of doing that, he has started to change the way he reacts to money. Um, he has had some money from Christmas. He has been holding on to that money. He's been slowly spending it. He does like to spend it, but he has now more than once gone to Target looking for something. They didn't have the exact thing that he was looking for, so he walked out. The other day, he brought something up to the cash register, and he wasn't sure how much it was. He wanted it. They told him how much it was. He thought it was too expensive, and he gave it to the cashier, and we walked out again. So I feel like, you know, I've seen firsthand, and now I've got a six, the six-year-old is sort of burning through cash like crazy, but I... And it pains me to let them kind of spend their allowance that way. But I do think the experience of all of this spending and then not having any money or not having enough and then having to wait has really already changed the way my 10-year-old handles money. And uh, I am hopeful that that this is the start of a greater understanding because he's been allowed to kind of have money and fail with money um, and over time has started to change that. So those are the goals for my family. My goal is that my boys are financially literate. My goal is that, I mean, that my husband and I continue to be financially literate and grow in our own knowledge and include our family in discussions and just make it a part of our everyday life. And um, that's 
our goal and that's how we're dealing with those goals today. And I hope that you guys, that's helpful to you uh, in your own journey to become financially literate or to kind of do the same with your kids. The show notes for today's episode will be available on www.boysbuiltbetter.com. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and leave us a review that helps more people find us. And until next time, thanks for listening.